This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now, yesterday you remember when we were talking about the story of uh, the two children who died in Naledi after allegedly consuming uh, biscuits bought from a local tuck shop. We had one of our callers who came on and said, you know, this kind of thing um, with these uh, uh, either inferior or defective goods that are being sold and, and food that is being sold in the township stores, that this would not be happening had the... SABS not been dismantled, you know, or to, to say that uh, the, the SABS no longer ex- exists. That's the South African Bureau of Standards. Now, first of all, it came as a complete shock for me uh, to hear that there is no longer a South African Bureau of Standards. Well, as you can imagine, it came as even and it came as it came as an even bigger shock to the South African Bureau of Standards when they started getting calls to to say that they they are no longer um, operating. So uh, we did get a call yesterday to say that, hang on, uh, we've been inundated with people calling us saying that we are no longer operational. So we thought that let us set the record straight. We have uh, on the line um, the acting CEO of the South African Bureau of Standards, Dr. Sadvi Bisson, joining us on the line. Bisson, joining us on the line. Dr. Bisson, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Good morning, Tobiso, and uh, good morning to your listeners. And uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity uh, to bring some confidence to the South African community. Much that needed. Indeed, mm. SABS uh, is well and alive and providing the quality assurance services that we require as a country. In fact, I think that's a good starting point. So, first of all, we have put that uh, clear. Uh, we've straightened that out. We've sorted out. Uh, SABS is alive and well and continuing with its work of quality assurance. Now, let us talk about that because I think that the caller in uh, themselves, the caller who... Um, on the one hand, it may be right that, uh, you know, there are pro- products that uh, perhaps do not carry the stamp of the SABS that find their way onto the market. But I think there was also, where it's a little bit misguided as well, is the suggestion that, uh, you know, the SABS uh, is also responsible for making sure that the goods that end up in our stores uh, meet a particular standard. Let's talk about that then. Sure. So um, I think first is to be introduced um, the, the mandate of the Bureau. Mm. I think it's very important to understand there's two critical facets, facets of our mandate. One is to develop national standards and the other is to provide quality assurance service to the market. Both are for voluntary application. It's very important to understand that. We don't have regulatory, um, regulatory mandate in the, mm-hmm. ma- uh, in the marketplace. So we don't have the opportunity to go into the market and say this particular product or this particular service rendered in the marketplace needs to have the SABS mark of approval. These services are taken up by the industry uh, in the sense that they would require or manufacturers a particular uh, quality assurance mark on their product Mm -hmm. and they come to the SABS and we provide those services to um, to these manufacturers to ensure that their products meet requisite standards. We test the products as well as we conduct audits uh, on the manufacturers to ensure that they meet the certification requirements. Upon issuing the certificate, it's valid for three years, and we do surveillance audits as well as product testing for that period of three years and subsequently uh, um, reissue certificates. 
Okay. That is the assurance that we provide from an SABS perspective issuing the SABS mark of approval. Right. Beyond that, yeah, before you go on to yeah, before you go on to that, just in terms of those standards um, that you apply and that will then carry your mark, how are those standards determined? Oh, so we have a very um, rigorous methodology of developing South African national standards, and it's part of our legislative mandate. Um, so we have a wide variety of stakeholders, and these are experts from industry from uh, the uh, various business communities, from NGOs to small, medium, micro enterprises, to academia, to consultants, to government departments, to regulators. So these experts, um, they come into our technical committees. We have more than uh, 300 technical committees and we've developed standards for literally all sectors of the economy. We sit around uh, the table, have concrete discussions debates around technical requirements and these technical requirements could be could end up in a guidance document a requirement a management system standard whatever the output is for ensuring quality services and products in the marketplace is therefore thereby published by the south african bureau of standards so Mm. it's a very rigorous process that Mm. even goes out for public comment over a period Mm. of 60 days so all members of the South African community has an opportunity to contribute and comment to a South African national standard. And once these comments are finally public, uh, concluded and, uh, and, and finalized in terms of addressing those comments, we publish them. We currently have more than 7,500 South African national standards that addresses various aspects yeah. of the various um, sectors of the economy and subsectors. Uh, specifically, we, we support the industrialization, uh, innovation of products, and that's how we, we develop and, uh, and we prioritize our standards for the marketplace. So, as you've mentioned, I think the important things here is that this is voluntary, that uh, there is no obligation on anyone that puts out a market or a service onto the, onto the market um, that, uh, is that if they need or they have to carry that uh, stamp, um, the SABS stamp. And you were still explaining that beyond that, what else your work is that you are doing? So beyond the certification services, we have a very critical infrastructure in terms of testing capabilities. Again, this is voluntary, but we have a significant amount of clients, and if we're looking at the, um, the food industry, a significant amount of food retailers, food producers that have a relationship with the SABS to which we provide services on testing of their products to ensure that their products meet the minimum standards mm-hmm. uh, of quality. Our laboratories um, are equipped with state-of-the-art equipment, and a few of the the types of tests we do is determining the nutritional content of food, determining the pesticides, there's certain chemicals in the food products, testing disinfectants that are used in the food industry, and a wide array of of, uh, microbiological tests in the food industry as well. So these provide a safeguard mechanism to ensure that the test report that we issue to these uh, manufacturers or the the farmers that put their products in the marketplace provides the assurance that they meet minimum um, food safety um, standards um, as well. However, it goes beyond that. There are regulators in the marketplace. As I said, SABS is not a regulator. So there are regulators in government that have regulatory authorities and and mandates to ensure that products or food products in the marketplace meet minimum requirements. 
And um, SABS will provide services to those regulators when those regulators maybe extract a product from the marketplace for testing or require a certification scheme. We support them through our conformity assessment services and ensuring that they meet their regulatory objectives. So we work hand in hand with government um, and the regulators so that they can uptake our standards firstly and reference our standards in their regulations. And secondly, we could work with them to provide the quality assurance testing and certification services to meet a regulatory mandate. But we don't have the authority to go out and regulate a marketplace. In our certification service, however, based on our uh, contract with our certified clients, we have to go to uh, them regularly to survey their products to ensure that their products meet the requisite requirements. And just briefly, of course, there is nothing that you um, can do and there's no guarantee as well that uh, there will not be products on the market that carry your mark that are not actually uh, SABS uh, uh, approved, you know, that uh, people can just put a fake mark on there. That's correct. Um, we, we are very wary of, uh, of imposters in the marketplace that unscrupulously use the SABS mark who are not clients of us, um, and, uh, and we really take action on this. So we, we do have a, um, a, a whistleblowing mechanism whereby um, the, the market and the, uh, and the public can engage with the SABS and uh, require information on whether a product has an SABS mark of approval or not and investigate those. And those where we find that uh, manufacturers or service providers have used our SABS mark incorrectly or illegally, we engage them from a legal perspective uh, as well. So okay. uh, that is a very important point uh, to consider in terms of surveying the market as well. We don't proactively survey because we don't have the necessary capacities to enforce the right. unscrupulous use of SABS mark. However, going beyond that, it is ultimately our core mandate as well to ensure that we promote um, the quality and safety, advertise SABS, and, uh, and market the services of the SABS so the public and the general manufacturers and service providers have an understanding of quality, of what it is that you have do, an understanding yeah, of yeah. the services that the SABS provides so we can engage with them and offer those services. Uh, and ultimately, the strategic yeah. value is to safeguard the consumer, to ensure that industry thrives in terms of industrialization and the general economy grows as well. Okay. And, that's and just a quick a one. Uh, important factor. Yeah. Just very briefly before I release you, it's a question uh, from uh, one of our listeners to ask, uh, um, are you based in all, are you represented or do you have offices in all provinces and municipalities across the country? Uh, the, because uh, he says, yeah, the comment is from Mialani Mabasa, says that, uh, do you have testing stations in all provinces or municipalities? Because I think uh, the issue here is capacity here. If you can just give me a brief answer to that. That's correct. So the majority of our services are in Pretoria. Our head office is in Krunkluf. I would say 85 to 90% of our services in testing, certification, consignment inspection, training, as well as standards development is in head office Victoria. We have a office in uh, Cape Town where we provide certification activities and okay. some, some testing services. In KZN, we also have um, an office as well as uh, Port Elizabeth, and these are certification services supported by testing services from the head office. And we have satellite offices in other areas okay. which are defined around the mining sector for testing of coal and other mineral products as well. So we have the, a the regional footprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we would like to spread that even wider and where there's an opportunity to work with satellite and create satellite offices with other okay. municipalities, 
Dr. Bissoun, I'm going to have to leave it there. We are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's acting CEO of the South African Bureau of Standards. Yes, they are alive and well and still continuing to do their work. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.